Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I Am Rappaport Podcast is sponsored by Casper Mattresses. Casper.com. It's an award-winning sleep startup. Go to Casper.com. $50 off purchase of any size mattress. Damn. Put in the code Rappaport. R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T. Casper Mattress in New York City. You can keep the bed for 100 nights. You can get your freak on for 100 nights. If you do not like the bed after 100 nights, you can return the mattress within 100 days. That's a guarantee. The, the bed will be delivered between two to five days anywhere in the United States and Canada. Same day delivery in New York City. We do not plug. We do not support. We do not take sponsorship from anything we have not tried and we are not passionate about 450%. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct from... My man's gloom tune. Cause Wood, I'm in here. Let me just let me just get into this real quick. I'm interviewing 
Now I'm gonna fuck your head up with because we're, we're friends, but I'm interviewing one of my actual favorite contemporary actors, one of my favorite peers, one of my favorite actors, Wood Harris. Now some people might go, wait, who? How the fuck? I'm talking about Avon Barksdale. Okay? I'm talking about Above the Rim. I'm talking about his pedigree is long. I'm talking about a track record that goes back. I'm talking about when we were Titans. Yeah, only we call it Remember the Titans. Okay. <laughs> I'm in here with Wood Harris. Um, I'm currently displaced. So I'm at his... This is an actual gloom tomb because the studio for the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast is called the Gloom Tomb Wood. I know for somebody who is is is, is like renowned as you, you already told me that your uh your internet, Instagram, Twitter game is 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 on, is, is on the low. It's on it's on idling. But grab that mic though, Wood. Word, got it. Got All it. right, so I'm in here with Wood Harris. Um. Fuck. I don't even know where to start, but we're friends. But I, now I get to get I get to fan out. Here's what I want to say about your career and you as an actor. Okay. Number one, I think you're completely, by Hollywood standards, undervalued, underappreciated, and you're you haven't even tapped the surface of what you can do. I agree. You agree, I agree. right? I agree. As far as tapping the surface. You know, under man, under under service, or under under over underrated, I guess. And underrated. Stuff. I don't really look at myself that way because you know it's hard to see yourself that way. But it's cool if others see yourself that way. I I see, I see you that way. You know what I'm saying? Before I, I say knew that a lot. you, I was a fan of yours. And then I don't remember when we first met. A long time ago, bro. It was a while ago. Pre grace. Yes. Now I'm on that. I'm on that. Uh, on that. Uh, just for men shit. <laughs> um. So. This is where I'm going to start. People probably first saw you when you, you came out in Above the Rim, which is, which is a film that obviously, because of the Tupac factor, is, is, a, is a classic, a true classic. And when you were doing that movie, Above the Rim, um, was that your first film? That was my first film. That was the first thing that you did? First thing I auditioned for, Mike. Are you serious? Very lucky. So yeah. how did that happen? Because because this is I only now the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Because I know you're not familiar with the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Although I know you fuck with me hard body karate. Of course. I don't fact check. <laughs> we fact check nothing. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, cool, but cool. I did just do a little like I just want to like I know all these things I want to talk to Wood about, but there's a couple of things that I didn't know. Now you got a fucking degree and a master's degree. You got all kinds of yeah, degrees yeah, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. kinds of fly shit. Like I didn't know all about that. <laughs> Yeah, that shit, that put me in a position to get um, above the rim because that had me had me going to New York University to really go after my 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 pursuit of you know my acting pursuit started really with me going to New York University and just trying to get my some chops and uh, my brother. Steve Harris. Steve Harris, who people know from the practice and uh, many other things. He was on the practice for like what? The 26 whole eight years? years? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, eight times five. He was like on the practice for 26, 26 27 years, years, right? 27 years. Like that had like a that. run. That had a run. Okay, a so if you don't run. know that, Steve Harrison, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, yeah, they might not know that because the practice somehow is uh, in the clouds. But um, yeah, Steve Harris, my older brother, he told me one day, like, there was a movie casting that had basketball in it. And I, I'm a big basketball dude, so. You right, got game. 
you're one game. of the you're one of the people who I would say as far as actors who could one actually play. One of the better play. basketball actors, I guess you could say. You're or one of the better basketball, basketball actors. Like I yeah. seen Wood dunk on motherfuckers, like not on some like Dominique shit, but on some like Dr. J in, in yeah, his older like, years. Like, now, like, Wood, I'm let's not front. You weren't on some doc like with the Nets. I never uh, saw that, but I did see you. You got the you got the, the claws. You got the, the hands. More like Mike, you heard? No, you know you were like on some older doc, but you were on some doc shit. That's true. That's true. But I um like I saw you bang it on somebody. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I banged. You just on banged folks. it on somebody. Back in the days before I tore my Achilles, Mike. Okay, okay. And then after I tore my Achilles, it was it was it was a grounded it was a grounded bird. My ostrich now. Okay. But uh. But yeah, my brother told me about that, and then I, I felt very confident once I heard it was, but I had no agent, no, nobody rep me. So he called this old agent back in New York who no longer exists. Her name was Fifi Oscard. Okay. And um, she was a small boutique agency, and I went and took a fucking picture, um, like like for a headshot, like some, you know, a BS picture, mm-hmm. a glossy thing. Right. Took it to her. She put it in for my bid to for my audition to be in above the rim, and then as soon as I got the actual, and I thought I felt very strong as an actor already. I felt like, well, how are they gonna find a better basketball playing, you know, actor? Right. Uh, at that time, Tupac wasn't even involved. It had, um, I think they had Tretch in mind, and Forrest Whitaker was involved, and all these other names. And um, so when I went in, I had those people in the back of my mind. Really, Forrest Whitaker. In back of my mind, right. and um, so I go in audition. I felt very confident, and then um, that night, the casting director called me personally, and she's like, "You know what? We're fighting for you to get this role." And I thought to and myself, "And you hadn't even auditioned?" No, after I auditioned for it, she said, "You know, you're gonna come back in." And after my first audition, she called me and was like, "I think we're gonna fight for you to get this role." And so if you can come back in on a such and such date, and I was like, "Yeah." I got off the phone, called my mom, I said, "Mom, I think I'm about to get this role in this movie." My brother was out of town at the time. I was living in New York and um, living on 26 and what was I living on? Like 26 and third or something. 26 over there. And um, small little super small apartment the size of like really a closet. Okay. It, it really was a closet. Long story made short, I mean, they did. They, they put in a bid for me and I ended up getting the role. And my callback was the basketball part. So I was dunking on everybody and clowning and. When I left the court, the director came up to me. He's like, you got the role. So on my train ride home, I'm like on the C train or whatever train I'm on, going back, not even going home, going to the school, going to, to New York University. I was like, whoa, I got this movie. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I had to tell the school because now I'm thinking, do I have to drop out or what's going to happen? Because I, I didn't really want to drop out. So, and you're studying acting at this school? Yeah. Like, yeah. like you're getting your master's getting degree? getting a master's, yeah. And you Look, had already I'm, gotten your... I would already gotten undergrad. I'm going to keep it 4,000. I don't know the difference. You're talking Ain't to somebody... No but, but master's is like, yo, you're, you're taking it a step further. Like, you're going even further with it. Well, yeah, the master's So program, you're like on some Shakespearean shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I did Shakespeare in the Park. I did Broadway two years ago. The only production of um, Streetcar Named Desire... But well, a black cast has got me in it. And, um, you know, yeah, man, I mean, I thought I was going to be a theatrical, a theater, a thespian in that sense of right. theater. Um, even though, I mean, I'm from the hood, you know what I'm saying? But I just felt like um, artistic and a good way to express it. Also, I thought I'd be a rapper. I thought I was right. going to be because I'm in New that. York. So I thought like, well, shit, I'm in New York. So shit, I'm friends with Dante Bizet, mm-hmm. a.k.a., you know, Yasin Bey, a.k.a. most deaf to most people. So I ended up knowing him for my whole career, him, his whole career. 
And um, I just thought I was going to be on the mic. But um, I didn't want to leave school. I just thought if I left school, I was just going to be kind of in the street in a sense. Like, I just didn't think I was going to have a way in. I just looked at NYU like a way in to the game, meaning show business in general, because it's going to have me in New York, and then I'm going to get on the mic even if I got to snatch the mic. Or I just felt like that. Right. You know? When I got the movie, um, the school put me on probation. They allowed me to do the movie, and so they gave me off a whole semester. Oh, okay. And New York University has a master's program as a conservative, so conservatory, so it's not under the same guidelines as a, as a, as a, um, a non-conservatory school. So I didn't have the... I didn't have to do like um, writing assignments. Okay. It was all specifically to make you a master. It wasn't, okay. it wasn't to grade you. It wasn't right, right, to see right. if you could pass a test. I got you. In fact, if you weren't good enough, they put you out. So you had to be at a certain level. Skill-wise. Billy Crudup was in my class. Oh, shit. Well, he was a class above me. Who um, else? Jeffrey Wright. Oh, shit. Was a two, two classes above. He got kicked out. But these dudes were around and you they were doing were shit with them. Oh, yeah. Billy, Billy, yeah. Not Jeff. Jeff had already... I think Jeff left the school or whatever. Um, in my class is is uh, Mike Hall, who played Dexter. Yep. Close friend of mine, you That's guys dope. know. Dan Kim, who is on Hawaii Five-0. Okay. Um... So you know, we had a good makeup of a class, to be honest with you. So you but get you got you get above the rim. I get above the rim. And then I'm what in happens? School. I tell the school they put me on probation. I go shoot the movie. I got to know Tupac. And, and be honest with you, at that time I wasn't like a a Tupac fan. You know, that was the early shit like Tupacalypse. This is before anybody was bona fide. He wasn't a legend. He was just a rapper. And to me, I was a rapper. Uh-huh. And he, so he was a peer. And I, ain't, I never felt like no rapper was better than me but Rakim and all those dudes. I was I got really you. inspired by them. I got you. <clears throat> like, I'm in the same class as, you know, class as Jay-Z. And in terms of, you know, class of 87 or class of 80, right, whatever age, class. Age-wise, age age right. So, and Tupac and all that. So, they just felt like peers. And, um, you know, back then it was like you didn't really... Nowadays, you, you know, you everybody's kind of like a follower. You're following somebody in social media or you're being followed... But back then, you didn't really want to follow nobody. You wanted to be original. And um, so to me, a lot was predicated on being original and showing that you, you know, that you had originality and you were just dope. Like, like whatever you touched, like you had the Midas touch. And, and um, it's different now. Now the game is different. Um, but back then, anyway, so... So you hooked... The, so you met Tupac. So I met Tupac. And what was that like? Because during... I know, I know you're going to probably bring this up, but during the during the making of Above the Rim, that's when the shit hit the fan. Oh, yeah. He yeah, got that's shot. Right. So, but, but, I mean, that was when the crazy... The crazy. We should do that, Doc. The making of Above the Rim. An un, the making the of Above the Rim. Thing. That was a fucking lot nuts. That's the first time Pac got shot. That's, how, that's when Pac caught the rape charge. I was at the club when the girl... Me and Marlon, actually, Marlon Wayans is in that movie. Bernie Mac is in that movie. Leon, Dwayne Martin, who I'm shooting this movie with now. Um, and I'm doing this movie with Mike Rappaport right here also. And Dwayne is in it. But that was Dwayne's second movie, my first movie. Pac's second movie. You you were um, at the club when that shit went down? I was down? at the club when, Are you she fucking blew, serious? when she blew him on the... Yeah, no, you yeah, saw dead that. ass. Dead ass. It was a crowd around him. And she blew him on the dance floor. Well, you know, in the room. The whole room was the dance floor. She blew him. Everybody's like, whoa. And he couldn't stop her from doing it. She pulled the loaf out. Pulled the loaf out and ate the loaf. You heard? On the dance floor. On the dance floor in front of everybody. But that's a classic story. Everybody knows that. Right. But I was there. Right. Also. That's a crazy. 
The making of Above the Rim, man. That don't don't be, nobody still at me and Mike. We got copyrights on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Break oh, your jaw. No doubt. <laughs> jaw no jack y'all. No fucking doubt. Try to take our idea. So, oh no, because motherfuckers are taking your yeah, listen. They still shit. I can't be saying Left shit and live. Fucking, no, you got to just put it out there, and then you got to date it. And if they want to steal, what's they got to steal. What's today? It, they know what it is oh, when this this this, this is going that? national. Yeah. So instantly, right. would you're so out of the fucking loop with technology? I love it. This motherfucking podcast <laughs> is going worldwide probably in the next 24 hours. Uh, and the fact that you just told me that you were there when Tupac got his loaf sucked. <laughs> and what was it? Nails. At Nails. Does Nails still exist? I think I Nails think it does still, still But it's like a cafe or something. Like it's like, it's, oh, it's wow. gentrified. Yeah, the whole New York, thanks to Giuliani. That's another New, subject. Nails is gentrified. Oh God! I'm, damn. I don't Did know. You hear that? I don't know. But I, 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 the sign for Nels is Holy still there. Shit. All right, I don't want to stay. I want to stay focused because the one thing that I think why you're so such a good, unique actor is like you. There's a purity about you. Mm. Like there's like a water about you. And 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 I remember. But we I like know, a carbon copy, Mike. I gotta no, tell no, you, no, 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 no. This is about what Harris. Copy of you, though. No, no. This is about you. No, this is about you. No, you're on some water nah, shit. And you know nah, what? I the felt fact like you is got this dude on the mic across me is a, basically like just like me. You know what I mean? Even the same height. You know what I'm saying? But listen, carbon copy. Well, you fucked my head up. We're gonna we're gonna go back to above the rim because because I got a lot to ask and I wanted that whole ride, but. One of your higher learning. <laughs> All right then. So one, one of your underappreciated say roles. Nothing else. Like, come on, that 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 that's that's it right there. That that's extremely underappreciated. You want to talk about underappreciated performances? Listen, this is the Iron oh my God. Stereo Podcast. Like You're that, the that, fucking that guest of honor. Hold boy. on, that performance is really up there with all the best performances. Straight up, that's a complex character, and I, you know, as an artist. I recognize that, bro. Like I, I can't let that. you slide. I, I appreciate I that. If I could let you slide, I would let you slide. I can't let you slide. All right, I appreciate that. That 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 role right there is 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 the biggest, best performance, and everybody knows it. I appreciate every that. actor knows it. Every <laughs> actor knows it. This is listen, Wood. That's why they love and respect Mike to a certain level because we <laughs> once you've seen something, once you see, once you've seen him give up the art to that extent. I mean, now it's a, now it's on the wall in the gallery with the rest of people's art, and it stands strong. It's it's, it's a timeless timeless performance. Enough! So. I'm dinging the fucking bell because it's your fucking pedestal moment. <laughs> I'm interviewing I'm being you. Truthful though, I gotta be truthful the whole but, time. But I want to say when you did the Hendrix movie, which I don't know, like I feel like your Hendrix movie and then Andre 3000's Hendrix movie, they were this. announced at the same time. They were sort of, I mean, that movie's been talked about for years, different variations, even before your film. Yeah, you were fucking sick in that film. Now, I feel like the, you outshined the film itself, but you were really, really, really good. And you exuded to me the spirit of Jimi Hendrix. You know, like just just like who you are, and the fact that we've been we we we've been in here for fifty minutes. Just you know, before we even started podcast, like you're just like on that. Like you're just like on like when I always think of you, I'm like because I was telling my girls like, yo, I'm fucking you know, I'm interviewing Wood. I'm excited about Wood, and I was like, I always think of him as a pure artist. You know what I mean? And 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 anyway, anyway. So I, I just wanted to, I just want to you, if you true. haven't seen Wood in the Hendrix film. Rewatch Just look it. at a clip of it on YouTube. Look at a clip because he, he tears shit up. And he was in there. He was playing the guitar. He was freaking off with the white girls. He did the whole Jimi Hendrix thing top to bottom. And he did it really, really, really well. Now, okay, back to Above the Rim. 
Okay. Tupac on so 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 talk to me about that. What do you remember about that that whole thing and like the two like what, when I say Tupac to you since you had a personal relationship with him before he really became into like that superstar superhero status cuz that really I feel like when he got shot God bless the dead and 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 he was carried into the um the the the, the gurney and he had his middle finger up oh, it was yeah. like that was First like the beginning of shot. like iconic craziness and, and and you know you could be like thug life and all that but eventually you know that was the beginning of the end and and, and the death and, and I think the, I think I think regarding Tupac and I talked to Tupac 2 weeks before he died he got shot and then he Took a week to live. He died in a week. He died like a week later. So you had spoken to him, him after he got shot the second before, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two weeks before he died, that second time he got shot. The first time he got shot, I think Tupac. What you saw around Tupac at that time in his life never really went away. It was just he had all the wrong people around him. Like I kind of learned from Tupac, it's okay to be. You know, I don't need a. I don't need a posse. Like he had a bunch of people around him, and it was just unsavory types mm. he really attracted those and, and thus suge knight was one of those unsavory types and um just that whole world he attracted that even though tupac to me when you talk to him alone he'd be talking about lorraine hansberry the author of um raising in the sun a playwright talking about gandhi and talking about shit like that so tupac was extremely artistic but i think the real beginning that 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 is kind of a marker just that um that is a marker. Things that, went. That, away, things yeah, got things went south. When you get shot, that like night that? of nails turned out to really be the right. start of it. Because think about it. Because of that, he the girl came back to the hotel. She was easy in the club. Mm. She was blowing this dude in the club. The same guys were around. They mm. all was fondling her. Anybody could do anything to her in Ugh. the club. Now they go back to a hotel. She got. She want to get down with Pac. She gets down with Pac, and the rest of everybody kind of knows, but right, don't really right. know at all. Pac is the type of dude loyal to these dudes who, these people around him were like, most of us wouldn't have these kind of cats around. They just were, um, Pac looked at it like Jesus had, you know, seven, his disciples, Uh. the 12 disciples, and none of them were, those were unruly people too. He just looked at it like I could have, you know, kind of like, I don't want to say the scum of the earth because I, that's not me to call people that. They just were, I wouldn't even say just hood people, man. Just sort of, he shouldn't have the people around, man. Trouble, right. trouble, troublemakers. Right, Let me just right. put it to you that way. Right. People would not, you know, who if most of your heart is cold, you know, he kept people like that around because he felt like, oh, they gonna dig me and be cool with me, and they might, they might, they'll go off my vibe. But instead, he kind of went off theirs. Right. Because Pac wasn't just like this straight up vigilante dude like that. So when you were doing that film. And, and and we're going to examine this closer in the in the soon to be uh, manufactured and made uh, above the rim documentary. Exactly. What Straight what up. uh like I mean how aware of you guys were like when you found out that he had gotten shot and like because I remember that was like fucking nuts man that was crazy and I was aware of the movie being made because because of him in New York I right. was in New York and and you know you just heard about it like because I know that Marlon. was the good old days by the way bro. We saying what we saying, but that was the good old days. In the nineties in New York. Yeah, it was. Come fun. on, man, stop playing. That was, was that the 93? most fun you could have. That's ninety three, bro. That was ninety three. Ninety three was hot in New York. Ninety three, man. New York Damn. was popping, bro. That Yo, was that's a long time ago, though. Ninety fucking three, man. I mean, think about the hip hop that was going on. 
Yeah. One of my favorite songs is the Above the Rim soundtrack soundtrack of, of Tupac Pain. It was only on. I oh think, shit! I forgot about that. It was. I think it was only on the tape, totally but not the CD. I looked that up on YouTube. That I was one of my that. favorite Tupac shits because I just remember like like that song. I was like, you really felt like this motherfucker. Like the thing that I loved about Tupac is like I wouldn't say me personally. I wouldn't say I know this is like sacrilegious, but I wouldn't say he was the best rhymer. Uh, but I would say the thing that he did better than probably. I would say almost everybody is like he was able to articulate his his. Right, right, right. You right. felt a piece That's of agree, him. You could agree with that. He, I mean, the best. You can't say he's the best. He's. Listen, I'm gonna he's tell you the wild good. shit about me is, bro. Like I said in the beginning, that I wasn't a quote unquote fan. That doesn't mean that I ain't like him. I'm just saying a fan is somebody that you know supports the artist and is you know buying their stuff and a diehard fan. But I became one because I'm a. You know what? I didn't get Tupac. I mean, by get, I didn't get it. Right. Like I was, I knew the dude. I didn't get Tupac till, be honest with you, after he was gone. I didn't. I like I kind of missed the boat. You know, my my ego probably was there or whatever, and uh, I missed the boat. I didn't. I didn't get it. But he, you know, he's the greatest to ever touch the mic in terms of performance on the mic. Mm-hmm. The only only other ones up there with him. He could show you rage on the mic and show you like no one does that. And he can be he can yeah he can show you vulnerability on the mic and um and and the lyrics were extremely well written yes. lyrics and yeah it's true and, and multi subjects too nowadays these every rapper's got like you know really they one thing they kind of suck they kind of they're suck. not every rapper sucks but we, we, I mean that's a whole other it's thing a, it's a it's a it's a, it's a bunch of young cats who who, who are pretty good. But, but I wouldn't say a bunch. It's a handful. A handful is a bunch, man. Okay, it, it depends you, on how big your fucking hands Mike are. Mike hates rap now. He hates it because I'm I so understand upset. why. Yeah, it's disappointing. It's like it's like rap. Rap could have done a lot of things, and look what it's doing. So look what the fuck it's look doing. Look what it's doing. It's All right, just, so stay on. So 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 when you're making the film, your your co-star and a guy you're becoming friends with gets fucking shot during the making of a movie. I mean, people don't understand. Like, there's some... Yeah, that's unusual. Now, you know, it's funny because I was there. Now, now that I think about it, that's crazy because that's think never happened that. to me again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. And, you and know it's what? the front page of the news. It was like, it was like, it was like yeah, playing out... Yeah, it was out. front page. Man, to be honest with you, I I was in it. So I, I just kind of was happening around me. The director came up and was like, you might have to finish this film we might have to rewrite this film at the end but instead they went and got a lookalike what people don't know see that's what we're gonna cover when we do we do the doc the above the rim doc then that if somebody try to steal that we're gonna come and see if they try to steal our shit i'm bringing whoever i'm bringing somebody man yeah with me don't they um, steal it yeah so yeah so so a lot there's a lookalike in that movie to finish the film finish the film so, so you were saying so Bruce you were, Lee, like like in, into the dragon, right? So you were saying you spoke to him two weeks before he passed. Yeah, two weeks before he passed. And, and what was like? What was? It was you, a brief conversation. F- it wasn't a long winded conversation because I, I I I'm not long winded. He wasn't long winded right. on, on the phone. You know, it was a, just a checking in type thing. Uh, um, I ended up talking to him because uh, my brother's friend again, my brother the great Steve Harris from the practice, his friend, whose name I would not mention. Um, also knew Pac and called him up and was like, yo, I got this dude who... Da, da. So that's how I ended up talking to him on the phone. I didn't, I didn't call him on my own and initiate the call. He didn't call me. Got you. But 
what happened was that there was the call was made and then we ended up chat, chopping it up. Um, yeah, Tupac was. I learned a lot from Tupac. Working with Tupac. What like what? Well, one thing he did on the set, there was a take that um, had a technical problem, mm -hmm. and he was supposed to. It was just a little easy scene, Mike, where you drive up, get out the car, and walk. And that's it. It was just like a little coverage scene. So <clears throat> he drives up and he can't open the door because the latch on the door was one of them slippery type. Like it didn't have a knob on right. it. So he kept on struggling with it and it was stuck and all that type of stuff. So he um, he tried one time. They said cut. He tried it again. It, same thing happened. So then Tupac got out the car and said, okay, I'll be back when y'all fix the door. Right. He went to his trailer and he stayed in the trailer for like two hours. Now, I'm not that type of an actor and I'm not that type of an artist, but I did learn something from that. I liked how the crew, the director, that director died last year too. Damn. Um, or was it the year before? He just died recently, yeah. Uh, he also directed, he went on to direct Booty Call. Right. His first movie was Above the Rim though, so I'm sure, you know, that's really his, his, his thing. But, um... But yeah, I learned like how he worked with those people wasn't how I would work with him, but I still right. had to learn that, you know. And uh, but I would find a happy medium. Right, right, like, right. I don't just go on and say and get told what to do. Right. I, and my first movie taught me you don't just have a director move you. Right. Puppet you around. Right. But you got to come prepared. Tupac, I never saw him unprepared. He always he was knew prepared every line. as an actor. He always was prepared. He never was on. I never saw him unprepared. Did he, you get you know, a sense he, that he loved acting? Yeah, big time. Tupac loved expressing. Right. If you think about it, that's why I said just said about him on the mic. Like he was the best performer on yes. the mic of the act. Yes. You know, there's every MC gets on the mic. There's an act. Rakim gets on the mic. You know, I want to relax in the room and escape from New York to return through the womb of the world as a thought. But when he performs it, you know, he gives it. That five percenter, right? You know, thing. That shit. That that shit. So, his performance is dope. We love the we love Rakim, the only character like that who performed like that. Tupac is something different, right? Though. He got like a Black Panther inside of him, right? A real rageful animal inside. Right. Him. All right. So to, you talked about rapping. You talked about Most Def, aka Yasin yeah. Bey. Yeah. So so talk about because you told me some wild shit. Like you were like officially like. MCing like you yeah, were open yeah. like so so what people ninety nine percent of the people aren't you know nah, so, nobody knows like I like like I, you want to um, battle me real quick no nah, I'm just fucking nah, with you. I, I can't no no, no I'm just, yeah, I'm just but, but no I, but like so talk about that like so I like, just took it really seriously that's all I just thought very seriously about about art in general really I still do I still just take right. it all serious in the sense where I'm committed to it for my livelihood and right. not just pay. For my feelings, for how I feel about you myself. You have to do and, it. Yeah, I kind of have to do it. Like, if I don't do it, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to be doing then. You know? I got you. I, it's like, what am I going to do? I you got you. Mean? Just be a dude. You I know? got you. I mean, and so now I'm so much in it that I just don't know anything else. So, But didn't you tell me, like, you you, you told me, like, you opened, like... Yeah, like, I opened for so, lots of people. So, so break Soul, that down. Like, Tribe Called Quest, N.W.A., Two live crew. See now, see, I'm going back. Um, and as a solo, or were you in a group, or like? Well, solo. And what was the name of your? What was your F O T M? Because because I, I grew up in Chicago, so we had the F O I, Fruit of Islam. Uh. So what I based mine on was like Fruit of 
Fruit of the Mind was the name of the group, F-O-T-M. It was just me, a DJ, and I thought I was Big Daddy Kane, so I had, I had, I had two dancers. And you were doing <laughs> your shit. I had two dancers. I just danced in the middle of them, too. Just like I, did, I stole basically Big Daddy Kane's routine. That's, Him scoop and scrap. Scoop love of my brother, scrap, scrap love, love of the, of the other. other. And I had action and reaction. My two dancers was action and reaction. And this is Sh- Chi-Town crew. Chi-Town all day. Like, in it, like I'm the <laughs> oldest, one of the, one, of the, one of the, I should say, I hate to say old because that, that, that makes it seem like something ain't working. But I should say um, pioneers in, in Chicago hip-hop. Okay. But it's difficult for them to talk about it like that because I'm just a different artist today. So I got you. But when you, so you were, so you're opening up for these groups. So what do you remember? Like, what was like the craziest shit? Like you're opening for tribe. You're opening for NWA. I even did a show with Kane, Queen Latifah, special ed. Uh, we did arena with them. Are you serious? I'm serious. So you you were like this Very is what, serious. This is before I'm NYU. Show you a pic. You can put that shit online. I'm gonna yeah, send you, you a old send me the pic. Yeah, it's dope too. Because I but I'm gonna have to stand. It's me at like twenty pic. with my crew. Don't like, fax it to me because I feel no, like your whole you your whole modern like you know internet program. I feel like I'm we're like twelve years behind. So I don't want that. you faxing uh, the fucking pic to me. On my no, because you t- and I respect I just don't that. Do that. You're you're better off. I'm I not bragging that I do. I mean, I'm fucked up in the game because nah, I do. You know what? But just I'm reading all the newspaper. Saying, okay, that's a big difference. You're like, my man. Fifty grand. Uh, I'm on the I newspaper. I just don't want you faxing the pic. I need you to text <laughs> me or email me that shit. I'm gonna hologram it to you, bro. But, so when you're doing these shows, fax me a hologram. Was that where you? So you were you doing this before? Or NYU, like you're doing this in the eighties. Definitely, yes, it was the eighties. And so, so in the in the Chicago hip hop community, Chicago scene, there was it was before even Common, but just just before Common, but not before Tongue Twister. So I did shows okay. with who you call Tongue Twister. Tongue Twister is one of the pioneers of hip hop out of Chicago. And um, and what about Kanye West? At this point, is Kanye West? You there never was no heard Kanye that name. West. There was no Kanye West. Although Kanye came came he came a decade later. Or so. Okay, okay. So this is this is early. Early, the very beginning of Chicago, which ain't the beginning of rap, was already old, but Chicago was 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 many many moons behind New York. So in, in hip hop world, yeah. in hip hop, in hip hop, yeah, house music was in Chicago. Right. And I wasn't a house head. So, Me neither. So I just was a hip hop head, and um, I ended up my best friend and my DJ, and we ended up landing a manager, and I just went pursuit pursuit of it, you know, and so. The manager got us shows, and so we ended up the early dudes doing hip hop in Chicago. Okay, 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 okay. We're gonna po- we're gonna post that picture with the thing. All right, so so because I, I can't cover every super fucking fresh. thing you've ever super fresh. Yeah, super fresh. All right, I can't cover every other th- everything that you've done. So let me let's talk about this. Remember the Titans, aka when we were Titans. <laughs> Denzel, you're in this movie. It's a big fucking movie. Talk to me about that film. That's a classic film too. It is a classic. Denzel Washington, you're working with him. What was that like? What was that film like? What was the making of that film like? Well, I mean, the making of of that film was dope. Um, we shot that in Atlanta. It's a true story. Um, that's another thing. I've done a lot of true stories. Right. Even Hendrix. And paid in full. Avon Barksdale is a real person. True stories. And uh, paid in full. What I'm doing now. Right. 9-11. It's weird now that I think about it. It's a lot of true stories. But um, <clears throat> most actors get fictitious stuff. But um, um, remember the Titans ended up being like great for me. I, you know, getting to know Denzel. That was dope. He came and saw me on Broadway. Wow. Um, yeah, Denzel is is, is is super dope. 
you know, I looked up to Denzel at the time. Um, even though I always wanted to just be my own original thing, you know, I still looked up to Denzel. Um, getting Remember the Titans, I had already done Hendrix. Right. So I had lost, like, a bunch of weight because I just wasn't eating because, I mean, I couldn't imagine eating and playing Jimi Hendrix. Uh. I just wanted to live like Hendrix, so I, was, I wasn't doing contemporary stuff. I didn't listen to contemporary music. I, I rented a, a small house, super small in Los Feliz at the bottom of this hill where nobody could see me. I had a car that was from the 50s. and just I just, wasn't, I just was committed to it. So you went in on that? I went in on it because I just felt like, I mean, you don't want to do, do a disservice to some living people. That's the thing about getting true stories. It's like you don't want to do a disservice to people. And I had met his, some of his family members and stuff. So it seems like there's so much on the line, you know, like, you know, you just don't want to fuck up. So <clears throat> well, did you did you play guitar beforehand? I didn't play guitar. You didn't beforehand. play guitar at all. No, I didn't play guitar. I play now left-handed. You left-handed. learned so you learned to play. Learned and you learned play. to play left-handed for I the learned, Hendrix film. I, I, I can't say that I was efficient at playing guitar at that time, but I'm efficient now, and it's because of Jimi Hendrix. And and you were efficient enough to look like you were playing guitar. Yeah, they taught me how to where the notes would be and right. the chords would be at that time. But that film, like you said, they they made mistakes that I think. Um, you know, I wish they hadn't made. You Maddie superseded Rich. the film. I I, yeah. I, f- I feel like your performance was way better than the film, yeah. and I feel like um, it wasn't taken as seriously as it should be. It I remember be. It watching be. it. Would yeah. I, this how this how impressed yeah. I was with you? I remember where I was when I saw it. I was in my uh, my first home that I owned. On remember when the the, the, the this is before flat TVs when you had those big mm-hmm. shits you had to get mm-hmm. rolled in. You couldn't even lift them. They were like it was like a piece of furniture. And I remember watching and I was like. I don't think I knew you. I think we played ball together in the in the Hollywood League. I don't think I ever cracked your ass in that league. I don't want to. I want to stay focused. I want to stay focused. I don't think I ever cracked. I'm a two-time champ from the league. Okay, I don't want to get. I want to stay focused. Put some respect on my name. I want to stay focused. (laughs) But I remember. Two-time champ, man. I, I'm pretty sure uh, while we were doing... How you done? I, I, okay, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't think I ever bust that ass, but I want to see focus and talk about Hendrix, is right, that right. I remember seeing him be like, this motherfucker... Because like everybody, you're like, Jimi Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix, come on. He, and I was like, this motherfucker's really fucking good. Like, look at this shit. Like, he's like Jimi fucking yeah, Hendrix. As an actor, you could just see the hard work. You know, as a fellow actor or artist, you can just see the hard work. But that film, like you said, it... it, it it could be better, man. A lot of things you do can be better. So you never know. You can't control the outcome of shit. That film was ended up Matty Rich. Who he directed it? Straight out of Brooklyn? He started as a director of it. Oh, he shit. He was fired by the company. And then Liani Chasco, who directed Sugar Hill. I mean, um, yeah, Sugar Hill with my brother in it and Wesley Snipes. He came on. During production, they fired During him? production, they fired you him. Had already, you were shooting? Look, the making of that is crazy, too. Wow. The only p- people they kept from that was me, Billy Zane. They fired literally everybody else, and Vivica was in that. While you're making the film? While making I'd it. never been in a film that that happened. Oh, that's ten, crazy. Damn, that's weird. The first movie I did, somebody got shot in, and not somebody, but Yo, Tupac. You, you might want to start looking in the mirror, because you're talking about directors and the entire crew's getting stuff. fired? Look, what the I'm fuck? T- entire, entire director crew and everybody got fired. Jesus Christ. Um, Anyone get shot during the making of that? No, I got that? shot. <laughs> you're my man. No, no, I know. Maybe after they got fired. But Matty Rich, let me tell you something, man. Matty Rich, if you if you listening to this I got love for you. I don't throw people under the bus, but come on, man. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to keep, you got to be real about stuff. So not, not, I don't, I don't like to throw people under the bus. Matty Rich got fired. Um, I can't say he didn't deserve to be, get fired. Right. right. 
And that's it. You don't need to. You don't need. You don't need. So because of that, you can so, throw somebody in the bus without even throwing them under the bus. I, I, I fuck with straight that, out of I mean, Brooklyn. I mean, come on. I fuck with straight out of Brooklyn too. And, and, and but Matty Rich, you know, he just didn't know really how to handle that story. So he got fired, and everybody but me who, and Billy Zane, who he chose, and Vivica got got fired, including the wardrobe Damn. people, literally everybody. Jesus so Christ. So the film shut down for a whole ten days. And revamped. Wow! So for ten days, I was. I don't we think shot people understand. In that's 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 you you you're, Have you you're never experienced anything. I, don't I think never, everybody go through this shit. I guess. I mean, not. every film that I do, there's always consideration. Let's get rid of this cocksucker. I'm always like, they're always wanting like, let's get rid of Rappaport. He's fucking everything never, up. Never. I mean, never. but no, but people, I, I've people never. People love Mike on the set. I'm just He's, playing. But I've never been a part of. I feel like I don't. Think, no drama. Ne- I've been a part of drama, but never. First of all, firing a director during mid-production. I guess that's crazy. That doesn't, it doesn't get any crazier than that. And really, I mean, as far as failure, you're setting yourself up for failure. I don't give a fuck if... if, if you better bring in Martin Scorsese to fix now that. Now you got to bring in Martin. Yeah, right. You got to bring in something like... Because a, a, you're, you're already... It's hard enough making a movie to begin with. Yeah. Nonetheless, Denzel... When we were Titans, a.k.a. Remember the Titans. I'm changing the name. I don't fact check here. It doesn't matter. Fuck it. Fuck it. People know what I'm talking about. Jay Bruckheimer knows. He knows. And the checks are still coming in, I bet. Jerry Bruckheimer is great, too. He gave me some great personal advice. What did he tell you? Jerry Bruckheimer, the producer who's produced everything, he's got to be worth a billy. He got a billy. Yeah, probably got a billy. And you know um, what? He's got ill teeth. He's got some of the sickest teeth in, in, in Hollywood. Perfect teeth. Yo, his but, teeth game. But, but I fuck he, with Jerry Bruckheimer, but every time I see him, I go, Jerry Bruckheimer, you got some nice fucking teeth, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't no, want, any, you don't want anything to do with his, with his chopper. His furniture is official. Detroit. Bruckheimer got a billy, but Bruckheimer did not start out with a billy. No. Unlike Trump, he was not given a small loan of $2 million to no. start his company, okay? He, he came out of a mail room. Okay. No, he, he came he up. He progressed from like nothing. He partnered in these ways. And of course, you know, that was old Hollywood in a sense. And yeah. He made movies back then that made hundreds of millions of dollars. Hundreds. Including Remember the Titans. Yes. Which at that time was Denzel's highest grossing film. That was his first like big, big. $100 million dollar joint. And we made that for small chips. Well, not really small, but it was average money. So, so what you said Jerry Bruckheimer gave you advice. What was the piece of advice he gave the you? The piece of advice had to do with money. He said that. In short, he said that he gave me a story about starting the mailroom and everything I was starting to tell you. But then he said, you know, when you make money, people think the more money you make, the more you spend. But really, the more you should make, the more you should save. Mm. He said, Wood, when you go into making money, the more you make, the more you save. And business is all about a low over overhead and, and high profiting on quality material. And basically what, what he's saying by that, and I'm going to read between the lines is, 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 is the low overhead means I want you to save the little fucking peanuts I'm going to pay you because yeah, I'm, I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to fuck you on the money. <laughs> we're not going to pay but you when you start now. making money. But when you start making money. But take this piece of advice. <laughs> you're and good value at that. what you do, young man. No, I'm just fucking around. Because Jerry Bruckheimer, is, I love all his shit. He's a fucking a pillar of Hollywood and yeah. he continues to go. Denzel Washington, what is it like working with him? I love Denzel. Everybody loves Denzel. What is his process like? Like, uh, what, Denzel what, like, is a pro. What you learn, what I learned from Denzel is because you learn a little bit on the set, whether you know it or not. But or when he shows up on a set, you you know you're making a film. Like <clears throat> when you make an independent film, it feels like that sometimes. Right. 
But when you show up and when Mike shows up on the set, Mike Rap shows up on the set, everybody feels like, well, you know what? Um, we're doing a film. It's because you're carrying, carrying that energy. And I just remember Denzel coming on the set as a professional dude. Like, being, he always was prepared. I never saw him unprepared. In between takes, he was working on, working, he was looking at his sides. And, and um, there was never like just sort of downtime. You see him just joshing around a little bit, a little bit. And it was cool in the way that he did all that, you know. He, and there's kids he, and stuff. Like there's yeah. there's other, you know, like it's younger actors, younger and shit. actors, and all. He, he 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 didn't just mentor us or try to be, you know, some kind of dude. He didn't have like an ego. Sometimes right. you can work on a like I'm doing a movie right now. There's a young actor on there that's 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 popular, and you know, I know exactly. I, I, who you, say I know, hot. yeah, got yeah. you. And he carries it. In a wrong way, you know, but he's just a, he's just a young dude, but he's carrying it like in a way that there's not a a, a cohesive thing. He's a separate entity on uh-huh, the set. Uh-huh. And when you're in an ensemble thing, you separate yourself. Not good. Yeah. I know what good. you're talking about. They're, they're, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like if I'm about. playing Jimi Hendrix, this ain't, I, I can be separate because, you know, I'm Jimi Hendrix. I got to be in a zone as Jimi Hendrix. When I go back to the hotel, I got to stay kind of Jimi Hendrix. I can't, I can't go into wood. I can't be chilling in. I can't chill. I can't Right, you got to stay in it. I got to do something mean, he would do. But you're not necessarily <laughs> saying like you're like, because like the, obviously the person that, that they talk about a lot now with Daniel Day-Lewis, you're not one of these actors, I assume, who's like where they got to be wood and you're like, no, call me Jimmy on, on the oh, set. Oh, nah, 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 But nah, nah. no, but people, nah. when Daniel Day-Lewis was on that shit, but you're, you're staying if in you the vibe If you call me Jimmy, it. I'm not going to say call me wood either. Right, no, I hear you. So I just feel like. But it, you're staying it, in it, the vibe of what you're doing call me Jimmy, I just think you don't know my name though. Mr. Hendrix, you have. I'm uh, clearly Mr. Hendrix. Look at this wig. <laughs> right. Fuck. Oh. If they're not calling you Mr. Hendrix and you're on the set playing Jimmy and you got a fucking wig and you got some ball cruncher <laughs> pants on and some what kind is going of on? a blouse. What is going on? But uh, right. Why would they call me Wood anyway? But <laughs> right. At this point, we're all. I know what you mean. though. there's that. There's that. But this young man, you know, it, you make it about yourself as the individual. Literally, your government name is what this is about. It's about who that person on the set. And it shouldn't be that. It no, I be, hear you. We're working to make this story happen. This is a storytelling off pages, you know. You're trying to be a little god. You're making something out of nothing. And how are you going to be a mini god when you're stuck on your own balls because you somebody knows who you are and walk up the street? Like, and, and yo, Duke, take I your motherfucking headphones out while you're off camera also. Because I, I, I take... You me, dig? You're, you're off camera. And you're, you're not active. listening to... And you're not you waiting for a phone? Like, yo, my man, you're working off... You're, 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 working, with, you're working with G's. You Take your G's, headphones boy. out. Take Leave your, your phone on. down the street. Leave your shit down the street. But all right, so so okay. So when the wind blows and motherfuckers ain't saying your name no more, what you gonna do? Exactly. Anyway. Exa- all right. So so all right. So all right. Because I can't do the whole fucking Wood Harris fucking retrospective. Nah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick some other things. Okay. When you were doing the wire, remember you told oh. me this. Avon Barksdale. First of all, are you like who the fuck is this British guy, Idris? I like because he yeah. came out of nowhere. And then when you did that, I remember you told me, because I hadn't seen you for a little bit. I knew you text and all that shit. But I remember when the, like, the Wire became what it is now, this iconic, considered one of the best shows ever, as it should be. And you guys are, uh, you're playing this character, Avon Barksdale, which is like iconic. People know it. It crossed over because it was like you guys brought the street. You and Idris brought the street. And it yeah. was like official. You and Michael K. Williams, homegirl, what was her name? Snoop. Uh, I mean, you guys, like, there was, like, 
great actors. Some actors we know, some actors we don't know. Michael then, B. Jordan is from there. Michael Williams is from that. Myself, Idris Elba. There's a lot of talent. And what's from my, the main uh, uh, the main guy? I'm sorry, uh, I Dominic. Don't, you mean yeah, you, Dominic West. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah, so yeah. You Dominic. Mean, there's a whole Golden fucking slew. Schreiber was in it. Yeah, Pablo Schreiber. I mean yeah. that show broke a lot of people. Method Man is in it. Method Man is in, Wild it? is in it. And and but it did so, birth a lot of people. Now you think about you, you it. just that's a list of fucking people. Like ten people, yeah. That's a and you know so so when you but when, I tell I you, man, we cared about the wire though. Like, like I would say that 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 the core group, me, Mike, Idris, Hassan Johnson, um, um, Andre Royo, um, Michael K. Yeah, my, yeah, Michael, Michael K. That Williams. Broke, I mean, yeah. dude, I don't know if we put him on the Michael, Michael broke B. The shit Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. I'm, I'm was, forgetting. Um, I'm forgetting his name, and it's gonna kill me. But he was in Straight Out of Brooklyn. What's his name? The actor. Yes, my man. Yes, we know who. Listen, well, there's anyway. no, there's no, there's no, there's no um, fact checking here. So, so basically, <laughs> we know who you're talking about. I love the dude, Mike, man. Yo. That, that's what it is. That's what the fuck it is. So but all the, the every, pretty people, much everybody man, worked cared. off that show. Yeah, yeah, they everybody worked. David but, Simon. David Simon is brilliant. Everybody okay. loves David Simon. So, Nina Noble, so, David Simon. To, and to the jump producers. into that. The wire. The you, wire. But you, this is the thing I want to bring up. Okay. Is I want to ask you, and, 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 I, and I'll say this because I know you said it in the most respectful way. After the wire, like I remember, like, or while it was sort of popping, like you had told me, and, and, and I know I understand this now because I do this too. But I never understand it when it's, I guess it's a fan when you're obsessed with something, you love it. But I remember you saying, and I don't know if it's changed now, but like you were saying, like you hadn't seen all the episodes. You hadn't followed sort of the hysteria of it. And you were kind of unaware while you were doing it that it, because it kind of was a slow burn. It wasn't like um, Very slow Breaking burn. Bad where it was like this national phenomenon. Like people yeah. watched it and then it kind of caught on later and then it yeah. kept, and, and it sort of continues and, to live. Yeah. Well... Yeah, you know when you you know Mike well that when you're shooting something you don't really know the outcome of it. Right. You, so you just think that if maybe you do your best, the outcome will be good. Right. Or you know you have the best outcome. Right. So during the wire, we just cared about the scripts, man. David Simon is um a good guy. Um, you know you know you're working for a good guy. You get great scripts, and um, we're by the book. When you watch the wire, it might look improvisational. But the, that's by the book acting. In fact, I think all of my stuff is really by the book. I don't really improv a lot. But you mean so the scripts were like tight like those that? Those are the scripts. Tight. Even the slang and the flow. Even like the, the slang and the flow. He was like the writers were writing that shit. Yeah, the writers were writing it. It's a written. It's a written show. Fully written show. Fully written acted show. Okay. Uh, I just think that it didn't have. I think Breaking Bad has social media. Maybe that's true. Yeah, the Wire didn't have that, and. Um, I think The, the Wire is a more Netflix complicated and show. And it's no disrespect because I fuck with Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, all those shows. But I, you're right. I think the social media... Now, if they had social media for The Wire... I don't know what would happen. It would have it would have taken it, it, it to that be, Breaking Bad level. And it got social media, but, but hindsight. So but it didn't get social media like Twitter while it was on. No, not at all. No. It, and it, it wasn't like it that weekly thing. It wasn't nope. that... It was, it was a little bit... So, I mean, listen, it's considered the best show, if not your, your favorite show, top one, two, or three show. Yeah. I mean, that to me, man, who's going to be able to predict that? We just... You, you know, didn't know. So you're just yeah. like, this is a good script. Yeah, me, Idris, I didn't even work with, with Mike Williams. Right. Because if I'm working with him, we're shooting each other. Kill that cocksucker. Yeah, he's going to kill me. Oh, I'm going to kill him. Right. So I only work with Driss, and uh, me and Driss, we commuted. Me and Idris was a, a new talent at that time. Me too, really. And no, you had already. I had done things, but 
I had never done a series. No, you had so, you never know, done that's a series. A whole another thing. Absolutely. When we do a series, when I just do movies, that's one thing. Uh, television is another different fruit. It, it really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's guaranteeing that people are going to see you on a weekly basis, or nowadays it's a daily basis. Right. So, a movie means that weekend people are going to come and the movie is going to go away. But, um, you know, television really does a different thing, especially HBO at that time. I think right. HBO has kind of um, done some different things unlike they used to have it, basically. Yeah. But um, I would say that The Wire uh, is a classic now because people exalt it the way they do. Uh. And uh, I still haven't seen it. I still I mean, I have seen some of it. I've seen you, some of the clips. You have, I watched some clips. Are you serious? Yeah, I, I can't sit up and watch it now. No, I hear you. I hear you. Know you. I, mean? I like, get it. I don't got... I, but you, so you've, you've, so you've, so basically, I'm not with, and no disrespect, like when I, when I did higher learning, I remember at the press junket. Which now, he should have got a chip for that. Come on, come on, come on. Nah, he should have got when a I'm chip. When I'm doing higher learning, I remember denied. at the press junket, I'm fucking like a kid in a candy store, and I said to Fishburne, I said, yo. If anybody else would have directed that same movie the same way, he'd have got a chip. Oh, so. shit. Or he'd have got the nod. I think they just didn't, I think, I think they overlooked John. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. Mike would have got a chip nod for sure, and the other dude was dope too. I forgot. I don't know his name. No, everybody. His Cole. Cole Hauser. Yeah, that dude was dope. But he I always remember, is dope. That's, I remember that's saying, one for the podcast too. Nobody knows anything about him. That's true. That's true. They, yeah. they, but I remember saying to uh, uh, Fishburne, "Yo, did you see the movie yet?" And he was like, oh, "No, I don't. I don't watch my movies." And I was like, "Huh?" And I was like, 25, 26. And I was like, "He was like, he's like, yeah. how did you feel doing it?" And I said, "I felt good." You know, and he goes, "Well, if you feel good, you don't need to look at it." You know, and, and I feel that way. I, I, now I'm at that point where I'm like, I really don't watch the shit that I'm in. But it's just because, I mean, sometimes I do. But at the end, of the, like I used to watch it almost as to proofread. I can't get through something I'm in. It's it hard. Shit what I it mean, is? I just I can get through it at the premiere. That's it. Yeah. After the premiere, if I don't, if you know, I, it's tough. It's tough, and I, I don't. I just I don't, I don't like watching myself. I, I don't. I don't feel like I need to watch myself. If something is very masturbatory about watching yourself do something you did. And um, so you got to look at everybody else or you know, whatever, but... I used to watch it as like a proofread because, first of all, when I first started acting, I couldn't believe that I was in a fucking movie. I was like, holy... I, I was like, what the fuck? I mean, listen, I still see the shit. I still see takes. I go see... Right. I work with the directors now. The I, monitors. I go look at the monitor. I know what they rooms. took. Yeah, when we do ADR, I right. get a feel of it. It's not like I'm totally ignorant about... Right. What I've seen, you know, sometimes I like what I see. Sometimes I feel like I wish I did something different or something different happened by a different, you know, from a different actor or different, a different, uh, not an actor, but different a different take, different take. But um, that's the biggest thing that frustrates me as an yeah, actor. And I, yeah. And I don't like that. I don't like to be frustrated, you know, I, and, you know, sometimes they give you a private screening and I'll see my thing all the way through and, and, and uh, I don't like to feel even a glimmer of discouragement. Right, so, right. Like, it's like a painting to me. You put it on the wall and get the fuck out the gallery. Right. Let everybody else look at it and judge it. And honestly, man, I am artistic because I, I really mean it. Right. I don't give a fuck about love and hate either. Because if some people come up to me and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. And, it, and occasionally you get the, man, fuck you. Right. People come and go, I know who you are. I don't give a fuck. Right. In my life, like, listen, two weeks ago, I'm at the fucking Astro Burger, right? And there's a great friend of mine who I grew up with. His name is Godfrey. I don't know if you know the comedian. Oh, Godfrey. yeah, yeah, I know Godfrey. Godfrey I grew up with, right? And uh, so he, he happened to be in there bumping to him. Oh, shit, we going through this type of, whoa, type, hey, man, it's been some years, this and that. So it's a cat in there. He's like, <gasps> Wood Harris? 
And I'm like, I said, yeah, what's happening? And he's like, man, Hendrix? He mentioned Hendrix of all things. I wouldn't think this dude would mention Hendrix. He's kind of looked like a hood dude, right? So I mean, he said Hendrix, and usually hood cats might say something about paid in full or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, Hendrix. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's a cool thing. And so Godfrey gets back into me. Now my, God, my friend Godfrey's back was to this guy. So when he, Godfrey turns around, he recognized Godfrey. He goes, Godfrey? Right away he goes, man, fuck Wood Harris. Man, I want to be you. <laughs> right, right. You know? He, fuck Wood Harris, I want to be you. He, lo- then, he loved you and shitted on you in, in he, he a matter of moments. He loved you in two seconds. And then here's the other thing. <clears throat> he was sitting with his chick, right? And I, I could, listen. I'm a funny guy. I can, I, right now, I'm stopping the jokes from raining out of my mouth about the aesthetic, <laughs> aesthetic of the whole situation. But uh, he's sitting with his, his chick. She's eating a pastrami and cheese on fries type thing, right? So I'm, and me, I'm a casual dude. Like I, I wear, like I had on these same things, these same little slippers. I got on like flip flops. Them is house shoes. They house shoes, flip flops. Yeah, those are flip flops. Those aren't flip-flops. actually hit house shoes. They're not house shoes. They're flip flops. No, I, you're right. Yeah, sorry, I just no, like the flip flops. I'm on that shit too. Yeah, I wear flip flops. I'm super casual when I'm moving around. I'm not. So the girl goes, "Are you a bum?" <laughs> right. And the guy goes, what are those? That, that world star shit where they pointed at your shoes and they go, what are those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is at the Astro this Burger. This is the same like, dude? One in the same dude who was just like, oh my God, what are... He goes, what are those? And then, so he's trying to like, I mean, they went into trying to make me react or respond, whatever it was. So do you know what I told this dude? And I got this from most stuff two days before I told it to this dude. I told him, man, listen, man. Spread love. Period, bro. Just spread love, man. If I was a real bum, what would you be doing to me now? Right. You just want me to feel bad? Would you want a bum to feel bad? Mm-hmm. Spread love. Now, the funny shit is this. Let me tell you the funny shit. Now, in my heart, really, really, I'm the type to sock a motherfucker in the jaw, but I'm on a new, I'm just, it's been many years of just not doing, I'm just not that dude. Right. I'm not that dude, you know, but it was a holding back that had to happen because, on the real, I mean, even right now, I feel it. Like, right. I just want to sock that dude. Right. Like, so listen how, listen how karma works. Four days later. <laughs> oh, shit. Four days later, I see this dude, and he don't see me. Right? He got these two chicks with him. and I'm at He a keeps some hoes with him, though. Keeps some hoes with him. <laughs> the, the two chicks was cool. The first chick was... <laughs> she's busted. Yeah, she's like a... Anyway, I ain't going to go to it. But, um, so he got these two chicks with him. And he don't see me at all. I'm at a different little spot where you grab some food in the middle of the night. But you, the interesting is you guys are on the same eating schedule. We're on the same eating schedule. Me and him eat at the same time. <laughs> so, so, so I get takeout shit, though. He's eating at these places. So I got I to gotta bounce. I'm on some, I wish I didn't have to be here. I got to get this sandwich fast shit. So, uh, so I see him. He don't see me. So I'm thinking to myself, I see his car, too, because I remember his car because he's making a big deal about his car, how he got all kinds of... Cars and shit like yo, that. Yo, Duke, no one gives a fuck about your car. Nobody gives a fuck about your My car. My man, no one gives a fuck about yo, your car. Me, yo, he goes, listen, anyway, so I see this dude and I'm thinking to myself, now, now, now I'm, I'm alone too. Again, I'm all alone. I think, should I sock this motherfucker in his jaw on GP? Mm. Just out on GP, just let him come in the parking lot, eat, and sock him, sock him out in front of these two hoes. On general principles, smack the French fries out yeah, your motherfucking mouth. Shit out this dude just on 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 GP. But then and then I sat in the parking lot for like ten minutes after I got my food. The whole time this Joker didn't see me, and I thought, you know, I, I'm gonna take the high road and slowly drove out of the parking lot. Dog. Uh-huh. So 
to me, I'm cool, man. I'm just cool. No, I hear you, cool, because I really wanted to punch the dude just on GP or some. I had an account of similar kids to that. my own type shit, and I got a joker talking to me about anything. Listen to this shit talking to talk about a, a fucking got a way story. To spread love, shit. No, no. Check this out. I'm in the, I'm in the Starbucks seven in the morning one morning in 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 in, in Wilshire, L.A. with my son. Yo, Mike, we got a segment. We get stars on the show. <laughs> Talk about how people fuck with them. Right. Not all that happy shit about, now, what was the next thing you did that was great? Right. No, fuck the movie. people want to know who, right. who, like, they want to know somebody said to Brad Pitt. Right. Yo, fuck Can you, you imagine whatever. that kind of fame? Oh, you know, they get Forget it, bro. It. They don't but even know. Listen to this story. Tell me how you would have reacted. We got shit to produce. If somebody tried to take that idea, that, man, listen. Which one? The above the rim shit? They're not taking it. Both of those. No, we, they ain't taking segment, shit. None of that. They were, they're not, I'm in here with you Wood Harris. we broadcasting this all day. Yeah, I'm in here with, there's no one taking shit. Listen to this story. 7.15 in the morning, I'm with my son. At the time, he, he's 14 now. He must have been 11 11 years old, and, and we're, we're, we're going to Starbucks. I walk in. I, I take him to get his drink. We park legally, nothing. I didn't do anything in it, whatever. I take him to get his, his latte or the fucking frappuccino or whatever, yogurt, whatever he wants. I walk out with my thing. When I'm coming back into the car, I'm with my son. Mm-mm. This chick, black chick, she says to me, oh, no, before we get out of the car, I hear her asking people. She doesn't ask me. She didn't see me. I hear her asking people. You know, she's, she's, a, she's, she's, a, I think she's a druggie or something. She's like, ask can I get a dollar? Can I get a dollar? She's in her red car, regular looking car, like a Toyota, nothing beat up, but like a regular looking, kind of nice looking girl. Right, right, right. Wow. I walk back into the car. She goes, you're not going to give me no fucking money? Who the fuck do you think you are, motherfucker? I know who the fuck you are, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I'm with my son. Motherfucker, you are mm-hmm. an actor and you're not going to give me any money? Uh-uh. This is go. My son's right. He's like, his face dropped. I'm so surprised because I'm like. It's just like an onslaught. It's early in the morning too, so you barely woken up. And then I'm with, I don't know how to react. So she's going on and on and on. We get in the car. My son's quiet. I'm like, I'm sorry that happened. He's like, Do you know her? I'm like, No. I'm, he's like, I was like, I was like embarrassed, angry. I was glad I didn't react. But so 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 karma. A week later, I'm at another Starbucks about a half a mile away. Mm-mm. Same time in the morning, but it's on a Sunday. Y'all on a breakfast schedule. Yo, <laughs> me and her on the same food schedule, probably with this schedule. joker that you with. Crazy. I go, in, I go into the um, Starbucks. I come out. The same woman. She's like, she start, and I, I see her from, from, from a distance. And as she sees me, she goes, motherfucker. Ah. She starts in with me again, but now I'm by myself. I said, listen to me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I said because my my heart is racing. Now she's on the other side of her car, and I and I never talk to a woman this way. But I was so upset oh, by this shit. I said, "Listen to me, sporty. bitch. If you say another thing to me, I'm, I'm gonna break I'm gonna your break fucking your jaw. jaw." And her face dropped. And that was it. And I got my car. I said, "Don't say a fucking thing to me. If you see me again, don't say a fucking thing to me." And I didn't even think twice. And I'm not that dude. At all. See, you are now. No, kid. but but I, I get, but <laughs> I used to say you ain't that dude when yo, you was that dude. I never spoke to a woman like that in my life, but she it was oh, so it was so fucking upsetting. But I'm so glad I didn't do anything the first time it happened because I was with my son, because what am I gonna do? I I mean I didn't know what like it was like it was like a like a like it was like I got hit with a shoot like a shooting star. Like I, it was so the first time to just start yelling at you, you motherfucker. That's like terrible. a woman. That's terrible. And not even like a homeless, like she looked normal. Oh, yeah. No, anyway. She, she was sane, too. All right, so so let me ask you a question about, about, about The Wire. Okay. So Idris Elba. Idris, Idris. Idris. Idris, not Idris. Listen. 
Id, I, id, id, like the id Idris? and the ego. Idris. We, we, if I was, if I had Idris Elba on here, and I said Idris, do you think he would be like? No, it's I id? don't think he would. I don't think he would. I, I just think because that that's hit and miss for me. Idris, Idris, like I, that shit's short. It's Idris, 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 Idris. Uh, he introduced himself as Idris. Okay. Not Idris. That's fantastic. I'm a fan, Idris. Um, but I feel I find myself studying. You should stuttering. say Idris because it sounds better when you say yeah, Idris. Yeah, I say Idris and no disrespect. Say Idris. But so 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 he's blown up into a humongous star. But when you first did that, the wire with him, mm-hmm. are you like, who's this fucking British dude? Is he speaking with that accent? Because nah, nah, he had nah. the New York like East Coast shit down. Idris, Idris is a super cool dude, period. I mean, you know, he, he, he's, he's a team player. Okay. He's, um, you know, at that time he was unfamous. So, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't no kind of like big-ass star or nothing like that. I'm still not. I don't consider myself no kind of giant star. Idris is a bigger star, you could say. He's, he's he got a lot going on. And um, at that time, you could say that he, he deserves it, though. To right. To me, he deserves to shine. No doubt. Know? I, I love him. You know, see, that's the thing, man. When I think about Idris, I think, you know, that's one guy who deserves what he has, you know. And sometimes I don't feel that way about some actors. Right. You know, I got a lot of love for everybody from The Wire. I just do, man. I feel like I feel like that's like a, I don't know, like <clears throat> a gang or something. And, you know, it's like my, my peers. I hear you. you. Know. I hear you. And a lot of, there you was know, no knowing that he, <clears throat> he would, he would um, transform and become so popular, you know. You all the hindsight. I ain't even seen the show. You know what I mean? Right. So I definitely didn't. Don't know. Right. But um. He, but working with him, he's a great actor. Right. I know a great actor when I'm working with one, and Idris is a great actor. He's not a good actor, not a very good actor. He's going to be great or brilliant or genius. There's some actors can be good and very good. You know. They range from okay, good, and very good, but Idris really ranges from great on up. So when you're dealing with that, you know, steel sharp and steel, and I think we both um, work easily with each other because there's listening going on. Gotcha. There's not, there's not, there's not an ego. Right. Ain't nobody on their cell phone. Right. And their headphones. Right. If anything, we dissect the scene together. We like sometimes his British accent would stick out. He would like, "Do you hear my? Can you hear me in ink? You hear my accent?" Yeah, I'm did, like, I, we, I did hear it a little bit, and we do another take. So you, who, dope sharing, dope sharing. Absolutely, because when when you're rocking, you're rocking. You're like you, you, like you're, when we do our show, you heard right? It? No doubt. But anyway, who who are, who are, who's another actor you worked with where you felt like that? This guy's really like who's another actor you worked with over the years that you were like or actress that you were just like impressed by like this is a really good actor. You know, man, I can't say that I feel impressed because not even with working with Idris, you know, it just feels like we're but working together. But I'm saying that ultimate so comp, comp, not not that you felt you know better, I mean? like you know, but like where you're like this is somebody. No, by impressed, I mean, but okay, so. Okay, let me, let me you know see. You know how you, like, when you work with, like, I said, like, when you work with some people, oh, you're you like, just know that, that you're like, this that person, like, you great... know, like, yeah, you just feel, like, you're just like, it's like if you're playing ball, like, yo, money could play. Oh, I see what you're you saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Man, that shit don't happen a lot, bro. It doesn't happen a lot. It's definitely the people, people, I mean, I've been very fortunate. I can't say that I had, I've had a lack of that. Like, Billy Zane, Billy Zane can fucking act. Yeah, he's good. I don't know where Billy Zane is right now. Um, but Billy Zane, 
it was dope. Right. He was in character the whole time. You never saw him out of character. He was still listening to you in character. Right. He was dope. Right. Um, it's more often that you work with actors that aren't connected, that 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 are trying, that you can see the wheels spinning. Right. Um, you know, um, let me think who else. Um, um, I mean, doing Broadway, I would say on Broadway with Nicole um, Parker. Uh-huh. Nicole Ari Parker on Broadway. You guys should have seen that. Um, she was definitely like, or the Broadway experience was unbelievable. Um, she was really killing it every night. And um, she was in a zone. Was it bugged out and, and fun for you? I remember when we did Justified, we were in scenes together, but we didn't have any. Yeah, with like, your brother though. I like, wish with, we. I wish. I wish. No, actually, that was really great too because that was real good. Like, Justified experience. The TV show free, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. It was a real free, free experience where you felt like I, I could do what I want to do and everybody's doing what they want to do and there was a room full of like you can trust these actors know what they're doing type right. actors so i have to be i guess hindsight about it because when i'm doing it when i'm acting i don't feel like i'm doing anything but being in those moments so i just when i leave it i don't know i could feel that the whole experience was dope you know like even now the stuff we're doing with the stuff we're doing now mike i'm having really great experiences with the guys and Working with the kids too, because I think my character works with the kids and the adults. He's yeah, the only yeah, one yeah. So the kids are unbelievable, bro. I never right. really work with so many. We, we kids. could say we're, we're, me and Wood are both working on the BET New Edition project. Yeah, biopic. And 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 Wood's Wood's part, you know, because I know like they were like, oh, don't say this, don't say that. Wood's part carries through a big, big, big chunk in the movie. And there's young New Edition. And then there's the older new edition. And the young kids, I saw them, they look bugged out. Man, they got so, the little do-rags on. Man, they're like so they're, original, like, they're so, like 13-year-old kids. It's one of my most fun experiences right now, I must say. you know, it's, I love working in the music stuff <clears throat> when you're doing a movie that has music. Like, right. And nothing. then you get the concert scene with all the extras. Right. The extras give you the energy. and That stuff is fun. And, but when you do gangster stuff, a lot of that stuff, or you do stuff like that, or urbanized films, or stuff that's drama and they want drama um you know i feel like i kind of feel pinned down by that because even though i don't want to be perceived as a dramatic actor right i feel like then you're held as a dramatic actor right i'd rather just be perceived as an artist who right even though i ain't trying to be um you know eddie murphy i still could do the richard Pryor biopic Mm. I could do it. They still know. haven't cast that yet, have they? No, they got Mike Epps. But they, they haven't started doing it, right? No, they haven't started doing it. But so, that's what I mean. You know, like, I think once you once once people perceive us as great at dramatic... See, you're perceived differently. You're, but they marginalize you. Have, you're you. funny, though. You're funny. And you're funny... But some motherfuckers think... I know, I know what you... you no, know. but you're funny. You're funny in real life. People have gotten to experience you in real life. Right. And so, you know, on shows and things like that. So people know this guy's got a great sense of humor. Kind of like Anthony Anderson is funny. Mm, right. So you know he can go do drama. Right. Right. Uh, what's his name? Seth Rogen. He said that he said that drama was just comedy without punchlines. It, it, he's kind of right. He he was he was saying that drama is a little easier than comedy, in that drama is just giving up the stuff that you say before the punchline. I hear you. Punchline is the payoff, the hard part. Right. And you know what? That and dude a, is right. And a, a bad joke that falls harder than guy is right. He's fucking good. He's right. Seth is right. So, 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 so you speaking of the gangster shit? Well, I, I got two other things I want to cover. Okay. The, I, also, there's NBA. NBA. The, the, but no, but here's what I also want to cover. I want to cover. I, I'm imagining the Creed 
Cause you, cause, cause, all right, hold the fuck on. I'm, I got a lot of shit. I'm on coffee. I get excited. Here's what <laughs> I want to talk to you about. Paid in full. Okay. Which is, uh, I, how do I say a cult classic? Yes, but it's, 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 it's some sort of classic. It's not a mainstream classic. Not a mainstream classic. Okay, and, and if you haven't seen Paid in Full, it's based on a true... Like an urban classic. Really a black, it's an urban, like a black it's, classic. It's a black classic. It's an urban classic. Minister Society. Yes, it's one of those... Boys in the Hood. But, but it, it, it didn't reach the, the crossover that Menace and Boys, but nah, it has... Because, it, because, because really, you know, you got Damon Dash working with it and... And it just, I felt like it was a missed opportunity because I don't know if you know this, but I grew up I agree. I agree. in that era. Oh, that's right. I did know and that. And I would I see that. Paid in Full is about three, let's, say, let's call it your neighborhood. Three, three, three gangsters. Yeah. It was AZ. Uh-huh. AZ, Faison. Alpo. Mm-hmm. Who, 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 who's, I mean, there's, there's another movie just on Alpo's story. He was and, crazy, though. And, and Rich Porter. And, and if you listen to any hip hop songs, those they names might sound familiar. Them. If you don't know, but I mean, Alpo, Rich Porter, listen to Nas, go see Jay I'm, I'm proud of people who go see. Paid it's a full. very good film, Paid but I, I felt like it should have been a urban. I hate that word urban or a ghetto Goodfellas. The story is as crazy as Goodfellas. And to tell you, when I was growing let me tell up, you, man, the politics happened like this. Just, just to just let you know what happened to Paid in Full. Paid in Full, Dame Dash, Jay Z, they produced that. That film was also produced by Miramax. Miramax, that's a big company. And this is when Miramax was popping. This is when Miramax was popping. And Jay-Z and but, Rockefeller but, was and, like... And Jay-Z and then, that's when they made 80 million in 18 months selling Rockaway, okay? God so, but, but what happened to Payton Ford? Let me tell you. That's when the egos were, 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 were high, higher, than all, higher than the clouds. On, 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 I would say on the Dame Dash side of things. And I love Dame. I got, like, I love for Dame, you know... Because I just do, because I'm just that dude. But I will say that his relationship with Harvey Weinstein at that time really did a disservice to to the movie. Right. I think that they they bumped heads. I think that I don't think Harvey and you know you can imagine those two guys not talk about not clicking. And Miramax is a distributor. Um, so two things happened to that movie that undermined the movie. That was at the time where the R. Kelly tape came out, right? <laughs> So bootlegging on the street, which y'all don't do. This is this is modern times. So 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 movies being bootlegged, DVDs on the block don't happen so much anymore because it's just a, we live in a digital era completely now. But at that time, people went and bought mixtapes on the corner. People fucking uh, went and bought DVDs on the corner. Right. And you bootlegging up, was popping off. Bootlegging was popping off crazy. So you know that this podcast is the only podcast that still gets bootleg. We're so fucking popping that the bootleggers were keeping they need them in to business. Bootleg this. Okay, they they, they want to bootleg the shit, but you can get it for free. And anyway, go ahead, people, go ahead well, keep... man, people write songs off the shit they say on podcasts, bro. No doubt, this, this is a real thing right here. No doubt. But um, so so what happened with Paid in Full was it got second to the R. Kelly tape. It was the most bootlegged fucking thing on the block. Wow. Now, how did that happen? I don't know. It's because it was it had it had the, it had the appetite for it because it was such a anticipated. I hate these terms, but it was such an anticipated hood film. Definitely, especially where the bootleggers thrive, film, which is one twenty fifth, one sixteenth, yeah. up and down Eighth Avenue. It was on the block. I mean, this is when the bootleggers it was on the block. Now, how to get on the block? But the difference of now, see, everything gets on the yeah, fucking on block. The block. Everything is on the block. Everything gets on the block. If if, the if block. Star Wars could get on the block. Paid in full could get on the block. And paid in full got on the block back then when it was like, 
There was no internet. There was no internet. No Netflix. No streaming. So, so it was so, selling like hotcakes. So it was hotcake. It was like it was like the record industry. How how, right. how they sell records? That's how they sold DVDs. It so, hurt the sales of the film. But what about the film itself? Like, what did you think of the, the end result? And what did you like? I mean, go- I don't have a whole opinion on the end result. I'm proud of the of the of the journey, though. Right. I, I, like I said, I mean, I saw that at the premiere. And I, I, I've only seen little clips of it. People, it's, 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 I like, it's lived on as a classic, yeah, so it, it must be something about Yeah, it. it's a good film. That's just the way I see it. But I think it could have been a Goodfellas film. Like, the story was as compelling. And listen, you know what, Goodfellas, just because you have a great story, you, you, you know, you're talking about Martin Scorsese, and yeah, the, Martin the director Scorsese. of this is a good director. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Charles Stone, Stone is a good... Yeah, Charlie Stone. He, Charles you know, Stone. who I know... Because Charles Stone's a great director. And he also That's directed his best piece. Yeah, he, he directed the Benita Applebaum video. Yeah, he did a lot of try. He did a Roots and Tribe videos. He did also if you were if you were out there that that, that bridge that uh Erica Badu did. And he, he did also did the What's Up what, the, yeah, those commercials. He got, he got he created that. But 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 he didn't but just you know direct that. He, it, that's what put him in fame. Just because it was a great story, they don't remember it, those Budweiser. Was that? Can I say that? But, oh yeah, no. Budweiser? Was it? What's up? Was that Budweiser? Was one of what's those, up? Something like that. What was that? I don't know. But we ad. should revamp them shits. You and me. What's up? What's, what's up? up? <laughs> um. But you and know, then, growing and then up little in John and come back and shit. Well, growing up in Harlem, <laughs> you know, at that time, you know, <laughs> being around it. I'm not from Harlem. I'm from Manhattan. But you know, those guys, Alpo. Shit. The rooftop, the I rooftop, mean, Latin quarters, Latin quarters, Rich Porter, seeing them drive around in BMWs, hearing the folklore, seeing them in front of Willie's Burgers on 145th Street, and they like they don't know, they don't know. See, nostalgia is that's ours to own from that experience. Yes, like, these modern modern pod listeners, you know, yeah, some get it, but. You just gotta see. You just gotta see the movie, and, and hopefully you like the movie. Yeah, you should. We live in a different world now. It's a totally different world. Boys and girls are the same thing. Totally different. One of the things that I think sucked for for, for that film too. At the same time, a, it was not shot in New York City, right? The whole film. Part of it was, but no, it was shot in Toronto. You're very saving little, money because it's interiors. No, I got it. All the exteriors are New York, and all and some of the interiors, but a lot of the interior we went to Toronto because in show business, folks. People, you know, what difference does it make with the inside, where you are when you're shooting on the inside of something? So a lot of the exterior shots you see, we're in, we're in another country because it was a way to have tax write-offs and things like that. All right. So that's, that's, that's all I'm going to cover right now for, for, for your career and all the shit you've done. There's so much more to come, and there's so much, much more we could talk about in the past. That's um, cool. and, and And I expect Hollywood – first of all, I think you're one of the best – I sincerely I believe that. this. I really think you're one of the most talented um, dudes out there. And I think that, you know... You, you, I feel like the best is yet to come. I f- that's what I was just going to yeah. say for you. I feel like the best is yet to come, too, for you. Yeah. Because I feel like you, you, you've only tapped the surface of what you're capable of. Yeah. What I wanted to ask before I get into these playoffs, and I want to hear your take on this, is what, did, what was your stance on the Oscars so white... The black Hollywood, the the Oscars, you know, the whole fucking fiasco. Because, you know, at the end of the day, for me, the whole thing turned into a fiasco because I felt like the Oscar show itself was a fucking joke. Now, based on the fact that uh, uh, I, I've already teased you that you, your internet game, I'm going to bet. If I had to bet, not knowing this, you didn't watch the fucking Oscars. You don't fuck with the Oscars, right? Didn't see the Oscars. You didn't see the show. That's a good bet. Okay. But I saw, I saw, I saw Chris Rock's thing. 
I saw his uh, his uh, his uh, comedy stuff. You know, I saw. See, nowadays, what I utilize is just snippets, bro. I got you. I'm gonna go see. The, I'm gonna go see the the, the 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 opening monologue, and then I'm done. But how do you feel? Because you're one of these actors. You're a black actor who yes. <laughs> is is sort of you know. Um, and again, you know, like a lot of it is politics. A lot of it is just timing, whatever. But like, what is your take on? Hollywood, being a black actor in Hollywood, being an, an actor like you who's, you know, who could be considered a leading man, you know, the, all, the, all the different sort of the, the variables and also taboos of all that. Like, what is your take on it and what was your take on the whole thing that happened this past Oscar season um, and just your, your history of being in this shit over 20 years? Like, what, what, let me hear your feelings uh, you know, on man, that shit. I, first of all, just the Oscar thing, um, I'll tell you my first thought. My first thought was that there are bigger things, bigger fish to fry than smoskas. Mm-hmm. I felt like to put so to put so much attention toward not getting an award of some type or, or being underrepresented. That was my first thought. I felt like I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't watch it enough to care about it so much. So. If I get an Oscar nomination, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go to the Oscars, you know, and get the award. Right. But you know, you're not hard. You're hard pressed to see me cry about <clears throat> a trophy or over, over, over a trophy. Or so I just <clears throat> I'm super realistic about that now because I'm older. Right. I used to have a dreamy romance with the Oscars. Right. So not to say that I haven't been before. Now all these people complaining about it, they're like my age. So I don't I don't understand how they are on the, my page a little bit about it, but they have their own perspective. So how I look at it was that again, there are other things to be more concerned about in the black culture rather than a trophy given to you, which is you know it's based on somebody likes liking it or not liking it. Like how can I really say? Like I said, like I really believe that Mike should have got a nod for what he did in Higher Learning. <laughs> no, I mean that, and I'm sure he's heard that before. Many people probably say it because unless they're not talented enough to see it, but 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 what you gonna say about it? Right. Right. It's, it's totally up to them. It's six thousand people making that decision, and and it's so subjective and it's, it's so super subjective bullshit. so I, I didn't feel connected to the mission of it uh-huh. i can't lie to you you know i didn't feel connected to it but what made me have some perspective on it that was maybe on the other side of the coin was what the oscars rep- represent by what the oscar show represents in terms of finance right so why shouldn't these movies be made or these performances be seen as Oscar worthy when that means they make more money. Right. So there's commerce that's, so now there's a translation of commerce that's not happening because of bias. Right. So that, that's a problem. So now the same opportunities aren't there. That is a problem. That's right. a problem. So the mission is one thing. To me, it's a secondary or not a primary concern, Oscars. But because it affects business, it could affect business. Yes, it business. affects business. So much when a movie is nominated, it's like a book being not put out of print. Right. So when you overlook a performance or and I don't think there's been a whole lot of performances that I'm I'm persnickety about that. Like I don't I mean I can't look Selma, 
I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have nominated um, Homie either. I you agree. Know. I didn't see the movie with Will Smith, okay? So I'm not going to talk about it. But I saw Selma, and I had to watch it in three days. Right. So what am I say? Everybody deserves a... Just because they're black? Right. And I'm the type of dude I root for the black quarterback. Right. I do. I want the black... I'm black. Right. right? <laughs> It'd be all right if... The black culture is a surviving culture. I want people to understand this. What we see is cultures thriving. When we look in the mirror, we see surviving. And so there's always... There's a big difference between thriving and surviving. And for the most part, the black culture is a surviving culture. Surviving, not, not even check to check. Surviving on loans, on government assistance and things like that. Not a thriving culture and not a culture either, really. Because we're really an ethnic group. The, 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 not enough unity at this time to have a claim of a culture. So to me, uh, Oscar... I'm like I'm like Allen Iverson. Practice uh, Oscars? Right. Y'all talking about Oscars? Kind of like how he would talk about say the word practice. You can just fill in the word Oscar. Um until you think about the revenue, the business of it. And that's where the devil is behind the dollar. Mm. You just got to see it that way, Mike. It's it's like man, higher learning could have an indelible place. If you'd have got the nod, if one actor would have got the nod, even right. the, it's amazing that the wire is so highly regarded. I love that about the wire; it's so highly regarded because it didn't get any nods. Nothing, right? I think it got one like late, nod, right? Like late in the game, and it got it for like um, something. It wasn't had, pertaining That's to no That's crazy. Hey, hey, you know the thing because we didn't talk about Creed. Nah, it's the world's best thing. But that tells me, man. That's they why don't I, mean shit. I love Marlon Brando, Paul Newman, and I just love that generation of actors. I'm like a. I love you know Humphrey Bogart and Clark Gable, Paul Newman, and Marlon Brando. The old Denzel, the young, the new Denzel. I love the old Larry Fishburne from uh-huh. back in the days. Mm-hmm. I'm, I like the fact that I, I did something that's in 35 millimeter. Right. No we doubt. Got, we we got shit that's printed. That's that, fucking that ain't crazy. Going over Flintstone movies. We we might not ever do another thing. That's maybe thir- not. That's we got, nuts. All these movies are made with O's and ones. Me and Mike, we got. We 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 got enough. A couple of pieces of experience film. to to have actual film. That's. I never even thought about that. Listen, this is you're gonna have to be a recurring guest. That's what's up. Uh, it's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, the All Wood Harris Edition. Covered so much shit. This is probably gonna go down as one of the best interviews. And I had, to, you know, I had this to call. Is super fun. You know, if I had, it's I've the had, best because it's the most fun for me. It's the most fun. Absolutely. You, you know, I've had some. I've, I've had some motherfuckers on this show. Really why? I've had some people on this motherfucker. I would ask you to name some names. I don't want to name drop. I don't want to name drop. But this, you might have superseded all these motherfuckers. It's the Iron Rap Poor Stereo Podcast. I'm out.